Welcome back to It Was Murder, <laughs> the number one heart-to-heart podcast <laughs> on the internet, in the world, possibly the universe, we can't say. It's a very gay uh, episode. This, yes, we're, I'm, I'm extra gay tonight. <laughs> I've, got, I've got energy. Uh, <laughs> I'm Eric Blood, your diehard romantic. And I'm Elanito, your devoted lover. And I'm Joe Garber, the expectant virgin. And tonight we are going to talk about a question of innocence. But first... (laughs) Innocence? (laughs) I have a question. (laughs) Uh, As you know, I'm one to to, uh, jump at the chance to correct myself when I've spoken out of turn or done anything anything weird. Uh, I'm happy that this has rubbed off on our our expert co-host, Ellen. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. <laughs> uh, just now, it's just another delightful thing we have in common. Yes. Um, I've discovered that the one thing that I am actually an expert at is talking out of my ass. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's been a couple weeks of that, but specifically, I have to acknowledge after listening to. Um, the man with the jade eyes that um, when I say Chinese American, Chinese American, Chinese American, Chinese American food, 85 billion times. <laughs> what I really mean to be saying is American Chinese food. Yes. Mm-hmm. I have an explanation, but Eric and Joe already had to listen to it. <laughs> it was long. And, you know, I just misspoke because sometimes we're drinking and all the time we are talking. Yeah. So, well, sorry, everybody. I'm just so <laughs> sure there's something that Eric and I said that should be corrected right now, but I haven't listened I to that episode. I think there's probably other, other things that I should probably not have said the way I said, but you know, just go in, just it's, go in. It's a touchy racial episode and <laughs> it's hard to talk about that. Shit. I know if, if there's, and if any, anyone <laughs> listening, if we, if we say anything <laughs> yeah. out of turn, uh, that, that and we will, yeah. and we, and we will, have. we absolutely will. And we have, yeah. Yeah. Um, but if we ever say anything out of tune, turn specifically that, that pertains Boy, to your tune. lived experience mm-hmm. and you, you feel like, uh, correcting us, go ahead. We take, no offense to to corrections. We take no offense to any to anything really. Uh, just just know that we're we're always trying to do our best. We're open to learning and doing yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. We we would like All to I be know better is, people. <laughs> yeah, is sometimes like the my mouth is just outpacing my brain <laughs> significantly. <laughs> so yeah, I don't want to uh, offend people. If I do, yeah. Please let tell us me. know. Yeah, tell us about it. I know that I will. <laughs> We're open to it. We, appre- we appreciate it. Me as cool. the editor of this podcast, I I have the opportunity to correct myself if yeah. I if oh, I yeah. catch myself saying something wrong. That's true. And you know what? Sometimes I just don't because sometimes it's funny. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. I'll correct myself later. Or or sometimes most of the time I think I don't catch it's like, it. Like to be funny, you like sometimes have to be racist. And I'm sorry, but you just do. <laughs> Gong. Yeah. <laughs> We'll do oh. our, we'll do more corrections on the next episode. Oh my god! Yeah, we're, <laughs> sorry. I, I know why did I do that. No, no, no. It's fine. <laughs> well, now that that's out of the way and we're we're free and clear, <laughs> um, it's time for a minute max. Minute max. And this oh, wow. this episode, 
A Question of Innocence, we start with Ellen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Our, our most improved Minute Maxer. Yes. Oh, <laughs> here we go. I'm about to blow that. But, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to try and be the freewheeling Ellen Ito mm-hmm. for once. Just kidding. I never make the minute, do I? It's always too far no, you under. Did. Last you did. Time you last did. time you did. You had, you you had did time such to a great job. But, oh, like, man. let it all hang out. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> a question of innocence. Innocence? Is that you? <laughs> here we go. So, uh, we find out that Rose, the newsstand lady, is getting blackmailed. Uh, she goes to Jonathan to get $5,000. Then she goes to give the $5,000 and get a gun from a guy who's wearing a fencing uniform. But then they start to tussle and she rolls dramatically down a hill. Then she goes to the hospital. She's got a slight concussion. Um, the cop has a button. And Jennifer's like, oh. And then they say, Rose, come to our house and call Max uh, Bozo. And he can, he'll call you a bimbo. And we'll go to your house <laughs> and get the thing. And then she looks at the fencing photo and she's like, oh, no, who is that handsome guy? Oh, that's her um, grandson that died. Oh, no. And then there's the fencing guy okay so then oh it's the guy from simon and simon it's aj simon okay so then they go to talk to him and he is an asshole and uh then they find out some stuff about somebody dealing heroin then there's a creepy thing where a sorority girl's in love with um a professor and then jonathan goes to the sorority house and gets some clues and all the girls are like i'm yellow you're red i'm blue i'm green and then uh she cries and she's like i'm in love with him and then uh rose steals a gun from the hearts and goes to kill whitney and then jonathan and whitney kind of fight and then uh the end Wow, nice. Nice. There you go. Good job. Well done. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. That was good. You got, you hit a lot. There's a lot in this episode. This episode has a lot of scenes. (laughs) There is a lot. There's a lot of scenes. scenes. Yeah. I'm going to try it. Rose, the newsstand lady, is being blackmailed by Whitney, a fencing student who was friends with her grandson who was murdered or is dead. Uh, And Whitney is blackmailing her because he says that he has the gun that she murdered a drug dealer with, who was a professor at the university that they both went to. Um, She asks the hearts to borrow $5,000, which they immediately give her. And then they are all super suspicious. Then she gets mugged. She rolls down a hill hilariously. They take her to live with them. Her and Max have the best relationship in the world. Um, the hearts then go investigate this. They find Whitney, the guy blackmailing her, and he is the biggest asshole villain <laughs> yet. He's horrible. Um, Jonathan and him fight. He drops a bag of fust, uh, and they're like drugs. And then, um, shit. Then Rose steals a gun, tries to kill Whitney, but uh, he finds out that Rose didn't kill anybody. Okay. Fuck, this is, yeah, this one sucks. This one's this really Wow, I totally really forgot hard. that Rose, the part where Rose tried to kill him, thought she killed somebody. Yeah, yeah. she didn't actually. She didn't Oops. actually kill him. The question that's, of innocence. That's her question that's of question. innocence. I left the, that's the crux I left. Oh, well, anyways. Okay. I'm going to go. Here I go. Uh, We're introduced to Rose, the newsstand lady at the Hard Industries building. Uh, Her and Jonathan have a very flirty encounter. Uh, Turns out she's being blackmailed by a guy who says he has the gun uh, uh, that she used to kill somebody. Well, so she thinks she actually did kill this guy, but it turns out later in the episode, the hearts investigate and they find out that Rose didn't actually kill this man. The fencing guy, Whitney, did. Uh, So he tries to kill the hearts they get into a uh, of course jonathan and him get into a sword fight and jonathan wins by flipping him over and then uh rose comes with the gun she's gonna kill whitney 
because it's her grandson that he killed for somehow also he's dead. I forget how that, (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember how that like enters the whole episode, but she killed the professor, but he says that she didn't actually kill him. So her question of innocence is that she is innocent. And that's the answer. (laughs) (laughs) That was the most confusing. Uh, I was trying to be less confusing. I know this episode has so much. I love this episode. Mm-hmm. And it's 100% because of Rose. Yeah, she's Rose great. was she's so terrific. phenomenal. Her scene where she is telling the hearts about uh, what happened to her grandson was devastating. She acted the shit out of that scene. Yeah. Yep. She was so good. And that scene coming on the heels of her and her and Max's relationship, uh, which was so fun. Yeah. Oh my God. I love them together. And I really wish that she was in the show again. Another character that I wish was just in the show. Yeah. Cause how great would it be if every once in a while, J- Jonathan went to buy a magazine or, or sometimes uh, Max is playing craps with, Rose. Yeah. I wish yeah. they should get married. And you know what magazine Jonathan could buy instead of bought having her order his uh, The Economist oh. uh, from England? There's a lot of copies of Hairstyling Magazine Yes, at Rose's newsstand. And they uh-huh. sort of was like, man, I wish I had that 1988 million copies of Hairstyling Magazine. Not that Jonathan needs it. No. Clearly his hair still thrills the girls at the sorority, right? I right. I They're just all about it. <laughs> giggle, giggle. I write um, hairstyling magazines. Yeah. Rose, <laughs> Rose is just like a great actress, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the difference. This, I hate to say it because I don't really, I don't really want to be mean, but this episode has some of the best acting we've seen. And then some of the, I don't want to say it's bad, but it's weird. Yeah. Um, the sorority girls. The sorority yeah. girls. Um, there's something really strange about the scene. So Jonathan goes right to when they're looking for clues. They when they go to the murdered professor's home. Oh yeah, there is the plaque thanking Professor Atherton for being the best faculty advisor for the Delta Rho Chi sorority. Right, and mm-hmm. then next to that is Ella Graper's uh, signed photo. Right, where she's like all my love Robert or whatever it is, something creepy because we found out he's 40 and she's still in a sorority. But so he goes, Jonathan goes there to to get some info, right? Get the intel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jennifer sends and him there, which I was surprised Jennifer about. Jennifer sends him there because he, Jonathan in this episode to everyone is so hot that it's almost unbearable and people just fall apart, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is handsome, whatever. But the sorority girls that are playing the game Simon, mm-hmm. um, when he comes in, the way that they talk to him, like there's one girl who actually does a great job and she's all giggle, giggle. Oh my God, I'll get Ella Graber, <laughs> whatever. And then there's two <laughs> other girls kind of draped uh, over furniture like college students would and they're, they're kind of eyeballing him. But then when he meets the girls to play the Simon game, yeah, they almost seem like maybe the directive they received was, you are Stepford sorority girls. You are pretending to be American college girls playing this game. Yeah. It was super, super strange performance, which is also confusing because that one girl is wearing like one of the best worst outfits so far, which is the red high-waisted mm. pants mm-hmm. and the rainbow suspenders. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Um, but the way that they talk to Jonathan is crazy. And then the one girl who's like, I'm green, full on licks her lips. 
yeah. After yeah. she says it, and it's just like, wait, this it, seems like Westworld. It it's does. Like, it's very bizarre. Not the new Westworld. Could I? Could I? Could I pitch a theory? <laughs> <laughs> Please. They're on heroin. Oh. <laughs> They're yeah, on heroin. That might be true. The drug dealing professor. Mm. Was dating one of them, which is gross. But uh, she's no. <laughs> didn't she say he didn't deal drugs? Do we believe he that? had all the he, he had lied. all the heroin behind his mask? One of his many oh, extensive yeah. collection of masks. I thought it ended up being that all was great Whitney. when they because it happens at the same time as something else very key, and Jonathan just moves the mask and all the heroin <laughs> falls out from behind it. Onto the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that the scene in the house with the realtor was amazing too with Jennifer. That I actually found that scene very confusing. I was like, oh, no. what is what is the game that Jennifer is playing here? Like, I didn't, it, I missed a line or something, oh. and I because I, I think I was writing a note and I, she, I missed it. She so Jennifer basically makes it seem like Jonathan is gonna buy this house to keep her in to, because he's cheating on his wife with right. Jennifer. So they'll have like afternoon. It's like their yeah. afternoon delight pad. And the the realtor is very interested in making this happen for Jonathan she starts selling it she's she's saying mm-hmm. it's very private the none, none of the neighbors are home in the day it's very private very private driveway very private backyard private bedroom so she's really trying hard to help Jonathan cheat on his imaginary wife that Jennifer set up yeah right and Jonathan who typically is very smooth and goes with the flow because they're kind of going like casually undercover mm-hmm. almost yeah. all the time, yeah. right? For yeah. whatever yeah. reason, he's basically just pulls like Gary Coleman different strokes. Like he kind of gives her like the Jonathan Hart uh, velvet wrapped what you're talking about Willis thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, totally. kind of just It just doesn't really work. And then he says that thing about the mother. And when he says the thing about the mother, then I was like, now I'm not sure what the realtor is joking about because maybe that's just a king too far for me. But I didn't understand it. Also, when Jennifer was saying like the Smith and Jones thing, I was laughing out loud. But also, <laughs> I sort of wanted it to turn into like a fish called Wanda situation where <laughs> it's just the fake name that goes on forever. Manfred Dinginson. <laughs> yes, Jensen. Jones. Yeah, Mister Manfred Dinginson. <laughs> and then uh, Jonathan comes back. So the realtor says you something like you're a very hard man to get a hold of or something and then walks up the stairs and Jonathan goes to Jennifer and says, what did you tell that lady? And she says, I told her you're a very hard man to get a hold of. Yeah. Oh, no, like, that's sexier than what she actually says. What yeah. does she but say? Good, good call, Joe. Like your mind is actually a part of your mind Was has it, grown into a hard man bizarre to heart to heart, yeah, double lingo. entendre, like you're just manufacturing your own. <laughs> yeah. What does uh, she say? Do you remember? She say he's a hard man to pin down. Pin down. Mm-mm. It's um, something. it's something about him working out, right? Am I thinking of that right? I don't think so. I don't. It's remember. not a hard man to pin down. Oh, you're a hard man to keep up with, or something like that. Yeah, I think oh, that's what it I is. I think you think that is. What yeah. It is. Yeah. But yes. close. But Joe, yours is equally good, know, and I'm right? sure will appear in another episode <laughs> yeah. where then everybody kind of looks at each other like, <laughs> and they're just doing that in front of other people. Sorority. And it's weird. Yeah. I just feel if Jonathan Hart walked into a sorority, all those girls would be really creeped out. I think. I think they'd be like, Ella, your dad's here. Yeah, exactly. It's it wouldn't be like, <laughs> oh, sexy man, here he comes. Except that. Ella is in love with a 40-year-old heroin trafficker. Yeah. He's not true. even like a dealer. He's like 
Ella's making some hard choices in her life. He's a distributor, basically, right? Mm -hmm. But Ella's really great. So Ella's performance is also stands in stark contrast to the other sorority girls, which makes it kind of weird. They're on heroin. Yeah, (laughs) because Ella's performance is great. And so Ella, of course, is in Jaws 2. And she and her dad are both in Network. Which, of course, stars William Holden, who's um, Stephanie Uh, Stephanie Powers. Stephanie Powers' husband. Oh, partner, husband, yeah. Huh. Oh, par- yeah. Were they married? They partner, were married, long-term right? Long-term partner. Were they married? I don't know. I I guarantee you, someone listening knows. I thought they were just like long-term companions, but they may have been married. But yeah, she's a little trivia very for good. you. A little trivia. I but, was so yeah. happy hmm. to see Deanne mm-hmm. in her and Stanley and Stanley. Yeah, I was yeah. actually happy to see Stanley. Um, yeah. I'm happy to see any recurring characters. Like yeah. it makes it, totally. it makes the universe make sense to me. Totally. Um, which mm-hmm. is why I so desperately want Rose back. Uh, but mm. uh, Deanne's blue, <laughs> Deanne's blue blouse with that the yellow skirt, yellow skirt, and there was a shot where uh, Jennifer is in the office with her red blazer. Deanne walks in with her blue blouse and yellow skirt, and I was just like, yes. Primary color, yeah. like explosion, and, and it was so Deanne's pleasing. Belt. Yeah, the belt. It was like two purple rocks on Whoa. a on a gold it's mega eighties belt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she looks so good. And the skirt has a little slit in it. It's good. She's mm. got her her mm-hmm. feathered hair working. Mm. She's always working. <laughs> Deanne, Deanne's great. Mimi, we love you, Mimi. Jennifer and Jonathan are just trying to have a, an office picnic in his office, and probably to remind them bang. of the time when they were in Nice, yeah. which was which was, was nice. nice. <laughs> she says some wine, some pate, and you. And it's and then she oh. did you see she has a plastic bag full of I think eclairs on the Ooh. table afterwards. What I, I didn't notice that. Yeah. I uh. love pate. Uh, well, another another yeah, I love pate by itself. I, I can't stand spoonful. pate. I think it's disgusting. Um, another fashion note though, Rose's murder outfit. Oh, her fucking the boot. Uh, oh, that the, the cream the, the cream cup Olivia Pope coat over yes. that over the oxblood boots. I was just like, yeah. you look fucking amazing girl like yeah that's that, what you and, go and, and then when you you're put, telling people that it's your final payment yeah <laughs> I, i'm very anti-gun i don't like guns guns really gross me out but if you're going to carry a gun please wear oxblood high heel boots and a cream trench right she she was giving me like jenna Rollins gloria vibes that's exactly what i was thinking it was like mm-hmm. oh you got the, you're out general is in general it's but, a big but, improvement like rose's outfits are are kind of I don't know like I wanted to hate on that furry oh, sweatery yeah. poncho with the multiple necklaces, but, but then when I see the whole outfit, like whenever Rose is like out from behind the newsstand and mm-hmm. like lurking around Braddock University's campus in the dark with the <laughs> pouch with five thousand dollars in it, mm-hmm. um, outfits like they make sense. Those are those are some chic ass outfits. Yeah, no, she yeah, does it, style. like I, I hated that when I first saw it, and I mm-hmm. I like it a lot more. As the episode went on, I liked it a lot more. She's also always wearing a rose. Yes, she is. Which is what is yeah. what is the flower language for rose? Like, what does rose mean? It's her name. It's just it's her, her name. name. It's it's just that's. I She's thought an that old was, lady, and it's her name. Yeah, I thought that was adorable. I thought that was so but cute. Did you see the scene? So she's wearing that vibrant blue robe, right? The chenille robe when yeah. she's. Uh, convalescing slash arguing with Max um, <laughs> yes. at the placing, home, placing right? <laughs> but when when she's sitting on the couch and finally telling them about 
what she thinks is the moment when she killed Robert Atherton in his home, right through the window. There's a moment where she reaches over and smells the rose Uh-oh. before she starts talking. And she's got that pink rose pinned to her bathrobe. Yeah. Huh. Um, and that's like a powerful level of personal style yeah. when you're walking around somebody's house in a bathrobe, criticizing their yes. uh, butler slash friend. Um <laughs> And you pin like the pink rose onto your robe. It's like, wow, I wonder if Jonathan got her the rose just because he knows she wears a rose all the time or does she just have a whole bunch of- I think she just has a whole Fresh bunch. cut roses all the time or they they have to be real because she smells them. She oh. must sell them at the newsstand. And and that night, the, uh, the rose was full and beautiful when she smelled it. The mm-hmm. next morning it was closed. <gasps> new one. That's a real rose. Yeah. So that's a new, I just thought it's it died. New, I thought it was. <laughs> oh no! When they're close, it's a new, fresh one. Oh. Um, well, well, there you go. Opens uh, up. Another powerful fashion statement is if you're ransoming somebody for five thousand dollars and you wear a fencing outfit to meet up with them in the dark park. I mean, <laughs> what? You already know how I feel about the fencing outfit. Like, if you can, just wear it. Yeah, I mean, it looks good. He looked good. It's just save it for the segment. So funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're you're going to be sorely the mistaken there. Yeah, you are. You're oh, mistaken. You're mistaken. No, Simon and Simon. So it's not CC for Simon and Simon. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> Whitney. No, I, I is that his name? Whitney. 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 He is um, trying to blackmail Rose and getting money from her in a park. And she, he gives her a squirt gun back just yeah. to fuck with her. Which she would have noticed the weight difference. <laughs> he says something like, that gun is my meal ticket, Rose. And that $5,000 is just an appetizer. Just an appetizer. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ro- Rose is her meal ticket. And then she falls. Does he push her? She falls down a she, hill. She freaks out she freaks and out. attacks, attacks him. him. Understandably, she yeah. loses her shit when he says that because he's like, "You can use it to water your ferns or some other condescending, mm-hmm. extreme jerk." Water uh, your roses. They <laughs> say you can you can water your whatever with it, and she just loses her <laughs> shit and starts pounding on him, and then they tussle right, and he throws her down. But I, I have a feeling <laughs> a little slope. I have a feeling Ellen's gonna hate this. But when that happened, I had a joke that I have to say now. And it's like. Is it about Chinese American things? Because if it isn't, I'm fine. It's such a dad joke, but I I like laughed out loud so much when I thought of it. And I have to say it. Why why are they calling her Rose? They should have called her Rolls. (laughs) (laughs) Because she rolls forever. Oh no. The way that oh, she no. there's actually in is it in Jonathan Hart Jr. where the kid is playing and he also like <laughs> rolls. It's like extreme rolling uh where the gravity is not yeah. doing enough. So you have to kind of like you have to throw yourself into it quite literally, yes, right? Yes. But Rose does maybe I would say she does two and a half to three revolutions more. And Whitney gave her the actual yeah. momentum to do. Yeah, no, she <laughs> she was just having fun at, at a certain point. <laughs> yeah, she's just she's just like, oh, we. I'm just glad out. that she wasn't dead because I was I was thinking like, don't kill Rose, like that's not fair. I thought she was going to be dead too. I'm glad that she wasn't dead because that one that wouldn't kill even an elderly woman that wouldn't kill an older woman. Um, but a concussion, yes, I I buy that. Yeah. Um, I loved Rose so much. <laughs> 
She's and great. also, we we do know that Rose and Max are friends. They're they they know each other. Right. They yeah. they gamble together. Like they're she's at the card games or whatever. Oh my god! Please let her be at a card game. God damn. They're it. like the the hard. I doubt it. I know. They're like the the hard Scrabble uh, with the heart of gold, yeah. right? Like the, oh god, it's I love sweet. Them. Although when when <laughs> when he calls her Rosie and she says, "You can't don't call me that," you. Bozo and he says, "Shut up, you bimbo!" Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> so like, good. What's happening right we, now? That was a, a legit laugh out loud from us. Yeah, <laughs> that was so funny. Well, okay, <laughs> I, I have to say. So, I feel like Joe, you're. I was gonna say you're the king. You're the king or prince of like just googling the shit up, right? Mm. While we sit here, mm-hmm. help me out with when Rose walks into the Hearts' home to do her convalescing slash arguing with Max slash stealing guns or borrowing guns. Um, And she says, ah, it's like the old Madison square garden. And it's like, yeah. Did you understand that? Yeah. I was like, Um, what? Well, doesn't she just mean it's big? I, is that what she means? I'd assume that she meant it was big. Oh, why would it be? Why would the old one be bigger than the, the old, new one? Well, maybe the maybe <laughs> yeah. was the was the old one in a house. I don't know. <laughs> so Madison Square Garden, right? 1879, 1879. Uh, Show off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I listen to the Bowery Boys. Okay. No, 1925 is when I have, but no, the old one. <laughs> it's like the old one, no, Joe. The old one. Google old one. I old did. Med- I googled old Madison Square Garden. Be careful, or I'm going to ask you to brew me some real tea. <laughs> oh, it says 18. We'll get to that herb to spice thing later. Mm. Oh, oh yeah. I like that fight. I like Is that it an fight. ab? Uh, 1890. Well, color me second correction of the night. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I was so curious about what she was talking about. I thought she was talking about the design, like the, the interior design, the couches and stuff. And I was, like, I, I really thought it was true. just like this place is huge. Oh, wow! But the the Who distinction knows? of the old uh, with Madison Square right. Garden, it's like maybe the I, old I, Madison Square Garden. Again, though, it's it, it may have just she she made a few comments about how old she was. So, like, do, how, I remember when candy was a penny and you were lucky to have one. Mm-hmm. Right. And then she laughs the most delightful, cheery laugh. I love it's her. so cute. I, Even though that man tears open the candy bar and then litters <laughs> on the counter. That guy oh. seemed like a piece of shit. Yeah, uh, right. It's like, ah, uh, 30 cents. When she answered the phone, I thought her name was Rosa. Because she said, Rosas. Rosas. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Rose. Well, it's just, it's just Rose. Rose in nasal old timey talk. Yeah, <laughs> hard scrabble nasal old timey talk. So something I like to do is after we're through the very convoluted plots of heart to heart episodes, is think <laughs> back to the beginning and think: Does it make sense that uh, if this was happening to the character, does it make sense? And Rose was pretty chipper at the beginning to have just and her committed murder. Grandson lost her, her grandson his life died ten, ten days and then ten days prior. Four days after that, she kills Professor Atherton. Yeah. Although, so, oh, so if you killed the professor that killed your beloved grandson, uh, I would be the, pretty shook. How bad you feel? Like you're shook, but is how bad you feel kind of tempered? I I like to think that she so. was she was uh, clever enough to to know that she had to put on a face that she had to, she had to maintain a certain personality to, to deflect any possible suspicions since her grandson was murdered. 
and mm. a man connected to his murder was also murdered. Right, right. Well, we don't know that he was murdered, but he, some, you know, she killed the dealer, right? Or who oh, she thought right. was he, the did dealer. He, over, he overdosed. He overdosed. Her and she did. says that yes. she saw Robert Atherton giving uh, her grandson, like he, Robert Atherton had the stones to come to the house for dinner. And then she said he would walk him out to the car. The grandson would, would walk him out to the car. Mm-hmm. Carl would walk him out to the car. She and then was- she saw them exchanging envelopes and she says, mm-hmm. which is so great. I thought it was just grass. I thought it was just oh, grass, which is I, great. God, I love her. But a grandmother, it's so sad. Yeah, well, but she's like, she's at work, right? So she's just being Rose, like you can't crumble and or close the newsstand. She's a businesswoman. I also, you got to sell that hairstyling magazine. You got to, you got to. I also- And the, the candy scene. bars, those overpriced candy bars. <laughs> <laughs> what a racket, Rose. Uh-huh. I The scene where she asks- for the loan of $5,000 was also beautifully acted, heartbreaking. And it endears Jonathan to you because he just instantly says yes. Honestly, I was, I was so like, I love, I love the hearts even more now. Like this, this is a, this is a moment of character that I think is so great. Yeah. Um, But let's, I want to introduce some evidence for our timeline. Uh, Hmm. The day that, Heart industry stocks were issued. I can't, I didn't make note of the day, but it was 1969. So, Heart Industries began, went public. Oh, yeah, went 10 years prior to this episode. Okay, Jonathan and Jennifer have been married for five years. I think, I think in the first season, it's only three or four years. I thought they were having their five year. They sell, they'll celebrate the five-year anniversary, not this season. Is it next season? Might be two seasons. So, uh, so they, they haven't, but they, yeah. Anyways, so what timeline. Is, what are you saying? I'm still, well, because I keep going back to. You're saying she's a gold digger? No, I'm not. Not at How all. Dare I'm, you. I'm going back to saying, or to, to when Jonathan said to Jennifer, you remember when I was just a guy with $1,200? Yeah. Who had an idea ago. about transistors? And if your company has, if your, if Heart Industries has gone public, that's already a substantial, uh, that's a substantial corporation. Mm-hmm. But I think because he's saying transistors, he's he's saying you remember, darling, when I da da da. da. Um, she knows that about him. Okay, so it wasn't like they a, weren't together. It wasn't then. a remember. No. It was a you no. you know about you know this about me. Okay. Right. So okay. it's not until I'm not trying season... to poke holes. <laughs> no, no, no. I know. I know. And I'm not trying to to debunk. It's just like in season five, you get kind you get the backstory. We learn how they met. Ooh. And mm. at that point, as I mentioned, I think in previous podcast episodes, Max is already working for Jonathan. So they have a history that goes back further. And Jennifer is on the beat as a reporter. And she's chasing a story about a merger for, with, and so she's trying to get Jonathan uh, to talk to her and get the scoop. Cool. So she's already got her own career, and he's already very successful. He's in London for a merger, and that's when they meet. That's well, they we meet. will Se- season five. We I think discuss season this five, episode extensively one, in ten months. Yeah, ten Great. months from now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll circle back around. <laughs> 
But yeah. the stock, I wish that they showed the stock certificate for Heart Industries. Um, they did. They did. It's such, I mean, but did they have like the, I thought she was just waving it around. No, no, no. They they showed, that's how I got the date. It was like, it was like January oh. 19th, 1969. Yeah, they do a Heart Industries up. and it was a stock certificate. Oh. Which is worth, was worth $25,000, those stocks that she had. Well, yeah, they, they, they said it's it was worth, worth five, five times, times that much. $5,000. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the diversified uh, group of businesses that makes up Heart Industries. <laughs> Right, mm-hmm. so many different things coming soon. Twenty different cruise ship, the cruise ship grant branch of Heart Industries. Yeah, it's just a few episodes away. Oh my god, don't spoil Ooh, it. That's fun. Um, I'm just saying. Who are you calling bozo? You bimbo. Oh god, <laughs> so good. Uh, also, when he Max is like, we've got lots of tea. I can make you some chamomile. <laughs> <laughs> English breakfast. English chamomile. breakfast. Yeah, chamomile. But when he walks and she says, oh, look, it's Madame Butterfly or whatever. I'm just like, ugh. Well, the weird Asian-ish <laughs> oh, yeah. things through the mean? lens of whiteness. Oh, never because, because he was wearing, wearing a kimono. A kimono. Just right. kidding. The kimono is funny. There the kimono were, is so weird. So, it's like, where's the backstory on the kimono? Yeah, I want that. Did but he, it's the same one. I, to- I know. I love any. I lo- so he was wearing a tuxedo apron in the first scene. He was making a cheese, mm-hmm. a souffle. cheese souffle that I was souffle. just like, God, that sounds so good. <laughs> and it falls. And it I falls. love the, I, the little trumpet sound. This, <laughs> a souffle deflation scene in '80s television is like such a common occurrence, and I I do love it always. So great. Yeah, Max says something like, "I know how you feel." Yeah, or I like, know "Exactly That's, how you feel." You know exactly how you feel. <laughs> uh, but he did wear his his awesome like lieutenant's apron at the end uh so I'm, I'm happy that there's continuity in his wardrobe <laughs> no and and the dynamic between rose and max Ugh, i get what you're saying that you love it's it's like just totally like a and when he was so happy to see whatever. her when, yeah. she, when she came back he was so like delighted to see her and i thought it was going to be because she owed him money but it wasn't right he wanted to pay her yeah that's her, so cute so sweet it was so cute Doesn't but it's also her? just something where it's like lionel sander and is it Jeanette Green? Is that her name? Uh, Jeanette uh, Jeanette Nolan. Nolan. Sorry, where'd I get green? Um, Look at that Right, face. she's Lady Macbeth, like, opposite what am- Orson Welles. She has the most amazing face. That's Rose? Yeah. Holy she's shit. like... Whoa, she's so androgynous She She doesn't oh, play. Wow. Lady she Macbeth, opposite Orson Welles. That's awesome. But my favorite thing is that she was, in, she was a voiceover character in The Rescuers. Yes, she which was. Which I loved as a kid. <laughs> The Rescuers um, Down Under? She was also in The Fox and the just Hound. Just Rescuers. Oh, the first Ooh, one. Fox and the Hound. Um, That's awesome. But it's fun to see two great actors together. Yeah. Like Jennifer and Jonathan. I, but it's mm-hmm. it's like extended, like, and just her beautiful green eyes. Like, she's just, she just goes all in, right? But I do, yeah. f- I, really I got good. the, I got that, like, kind of electricity between her and Lionel, like the, the Max and Rose interactions were them Mm -hmm. going up against each other acting wise in this really amazing way. It was so fun because Max, Max really shined bright in it. And Rose, you can't really fuck with Rose. Like she was just amazing no matter (laughs) what. But what Max was like, don't don't fuck with Rose. Not recommended. (laughs) She will put on that Olivia Pope coat and come for you. Do not question You'll try and get cute. And she will dirty hair you. Do not question her innocence. What no. <laughs> What do you think the There's age difference is no between question. Max and Rose? There isn't much of one, right? Three years. Okay. So they could get married. 
three-year age difference. Max, be Max is three years again. older than her. Joe, your Joe's rewrite corner. You're making Eric's dreams come true. Well, yeah, they just had such a flirty thing. You know thing. what, though? I don't want them to be married. I do want them to be roommates. I like. <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to be I'm gonna like propose, a Golden Girls Yeah, I'm going to yeah. propose a blasphemous scenario, and I apologize to the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't serious. This is me having fun. I promise this is not out of disrespect. So the hearts die. And <laughs> Max is just left left out on the street. They, get sh- they finally get no- shot. He has nothing. He has nothing. And Rose takes him in. And then we have a half hour sitcom yeah. of Max and Rose in their LA apartment. I love that. Because I'm going to assume that Rose also manages an apartment building. She has a house. She's a house in LA that she's owned for um, years. Jeanette Nolan appeared on an episode of the Golden Girls. <gasps> Ooh, I'm going to watch that. I want to talk about the scene where they go talk to the coach and then talk to Whitney. <laughs> um, it's pretty great. <laughs> Whitney is like, with the sweating, can we talk just briefly about the sweating, not tie jacket? But I'm like, you know, fencing is, is very, it's physically, you know, taxing. Mm-hmm. But I, I was kind of like, is he sweating because of the drugs? <laughs> <laughs> the heroin that he's on? Uh, it helps him fence. I. It wouldn't, though. I'll just tell you that. Heroin's yeah, heroin, not going to help you fence. Probably not. Yeah, so what did you... Th- help fencer, you fence a TV. Ellen, what did you think of the fencing scenes in the episode also? Um, I sort of felt like I feel about all fencing scenes <laughs> in things in TV yeah. shows. Um, but I like that they're doing Saber. Because that, well. What's that? So there's three different types of fencing. There's foil, mm-hmm. epi, and saber. Mm-hmm. And so in some ways, I think it would have been more fun to see them do epi. But but saber just is more appropriate, I think, to a character like Whitney. Oh. So saber is like a, tri- the difference between saber is that you're getting 15 points, right, for a match, three-minute rounds. You're going to have different zones depending on the type of of weapon that uh-huh. you're using. But so with Saber, you do the full upper body, but you can also strike and get points by striking pe- people in the arms or the head. Ooh. And the reason behind that is because Saber is originally referencing the weapon that was traditionally uh, for members of the cavalry. And so you're striking the parts of someone that are above the saddle because you didn't want to strike the horse necessarily. Oh, wow. So saber is a triangular shaped and it's got a blunt end. And um, you are able to strike with all parts of the weapon. Wow. So, but it's not sharp. I mean, none of, none of, they're not sharp. (laughs) Just, (laughs) but it's also just much more, dramatic you know it's yeah. it feels closer to sword fighting that's oh, okay. in quotation marks there like it's closer to sword fighting than other types of fencing but a pay would be you can strike anywhere on the body um oh okay but in fencing and so in- to me that's more exciting but because they're not actually fencing it's stupid of me to think that because they're not trying to get points they're just trying to have drugged up weirdly <laughs> yeah. jerky asshole Whitney like yeah. just have a dramatic his friend fight. was sit- um, and then Jonathan gets to say something about Errol Flynn which is sort of funny and then also yeah. kind of weirdly 
the sexy moment with Jennifer, right? Where she's like, oh, well, eyebrow raise. Um, I thought he had a sexy moment with Jonathan. He had a very sexy moment with Jonathan. So the Well, first his friend is- well, Jonathan sa- had says, a sexy moment with Jennifer. It's, it's Los oh. Angeles, not Heidelberg. I was going to ask you this. What it, is like, that? <laughs> did, did that? Did that mean something? Heidelberg is a school in Germany, right, where they do fencing, I assume. But do they do it to the death? Like what? <laughs> That's like a bad business plan. I googled it and I couldn't tell what he was talking about. Uh, I didn't get it. it, it I was I like, no, there's. So it's kind of convoluted. I found a Vice article talking about how there's something called men- mensur m e n s u r, where you show off. In an immense bout, fencers display their valor through stoic endurance of an opponent's blows, so, and they <laughs> they get actual scars. They get like their eyes get cut and shit like that. Okay, yeah, see, I don't know about that. That's and they do that at Heidelberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was in a Heidelberg. Before they get into the scene, they're talking to the coach outside, and <laughs> one interesting thing that happens in this scene is just right before they cut, because he tells them where to find Whitney, mm-hmm. right before they cut, Jennifer steps backwards and almost falls. <laughs> she steps down, and yeah. clearly her heel oh. like went into a, oh, no. a soil or something. really funny. She does this little like tipsy. It's a, split, it's a split second. You uh-huh. have to like really, you have to really pay attention, <laughs> it's but so it's a really funny. funny. But that's the the groundskeepers at Braddock University <laughs> need to get their shit together. Yeah, there's gophers. She stepped off the sidewalk or something. My, but I thought there was another interesting moment in, in that scene, which is when the hearts approach the coach and say, we want to talk to you about, mm. uh, what was his name? Carl. We want to talk to you about Carl. Carl, Carl McCready. <laughs> and the coach just goes, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> and then right yeah, that, after. That was weird. They go into that the. Odd. They go confront Whitney and they, they say, we know Rose McCready. And he goes, so. So. So <laughs> he's such a dick. He's such a. He is such a dick. You know what he is? He's, he's a prickly little pear. He's a prickly he is, little pear, according to Jennifer. Well, prickly little pear. He's so abnormally assholey to he them. He is even yeah. for a TV character mm-hmm. named Whitney who fences. Who is the villain? But yeah. like he's it's extreme even for that character. <laughs> that was my only rewrite. Really, I'm, for this was like. You got to be a little bit less of a villain, dude. Like I you really can't be that awful. The, yeah, I mean, in general, hard is to it heart, privilege? They get their villains out there like blatant villain, yes. just from the get go. The villain is the villain. But in this scene, I loved he like he fingers Jonathan's button with his that the tip was, of his sword. That was great, and he says mm-hmm. like foils are sharp; they can cut through a melon, and it's very False. flirty. <laughs> It's super flirty, but the fact that he uses a melon when he's talking about Jonathan, you just picture like a big booty and it's just <laughs> so flirty. Well, then he wasn't talking so, about Jonathan. That's funny because I, I think he's talking, I was like, I think he's talking about his in, insinuating that Jonathan has a gut. Oh, oh, okay. Which if you ask the girls at Delta Rho Chi is potentially not true. No. Yeah, it's just a, a but they're so fucked up on heroin uh, you wouldn't even know. <laughs> just the way he's so busy, like beep boop beep. Yeah, beep. yeah. They, they, has, has anyone played Simon that way? I'm sorry, but it, did I just play Simon weird? It's better with four. Like, yeah, you play with four people. But was it was that? How, did you ever play with four people and everyone picked a color? No, that's not how no. you play it. No, you, it's a it's a pattern that goes, and then you redo the. Yeah, pattern. one person does the pattern, it's not like and it then lights you, up, you, and then you hit. The yeah. <laughs> oh, so Ellen but, has brought her pocket Simon, her OG <laughs> Milton Bradley. Pocket that sounds so Simon. creepy. 
Yeah, you can adjust. Well, no, this I thought that the numbers like there's an adjustment thing, mm-hmm. but you're adjusting the skill level. Ooh. Uh, warning: this your skill level can only go up to Milton Bradley's idea <laughs> of one through four. <laughs> I remember it being pretty difficult. I had that exact one that you're holding, and I remember it be being pretty hard. The big one that I always coveted that my cousins had. I just love the way it looked. Yes. I sort of wish I had one now. I'm I'm guessing that they must still make them because it's just rad looking, right? And it's, it's kind a of beautiful and it's design. fun. It's a beautiful it's kind design. of looks like an yellow album yes, cover yes. or something. That's exactly um, what I think of every time I think of that. But maybe I'll get one. It just seems like something that you kind of get some grass from Robert Atherton <laughs> and just like, yeah. That ain't grass and it ain't white flower. That's right. maybe how, that's how you play Simon says if you're on heroin though. <laughs> you know, you would At you the would do I've never done <laughs> never done heroin, but maybe a light lighting up and then you pushing a button would be the amount of interaction that you're looking for when you're on heroin. I can just imagine maybe. being like I have never done heroin. Uh I haven't done heroin yet, let's just say. Yeah, yeah. And uh I can only imagine <laughs> be having having been on painkillers uh in my life. <laughs> That the sound that a Simon makes would be the most obnoxious grating thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. It's like. <laughs> I used to love it when I was a kid, though, and I was pretty good at it. And I think it's. Uh, this is so stupid. I don't know why I'm bringing it up. Like I, if if you have kind of a musical mind, it's fun because it's like mm-hmm. it's creating a song for you to repeat. Yeah, totally. It's um, very Close Encounters also. Yeah, it's 100% right? Close Encounters. <laughs> no, I love the way it looks. Um, but I remember I used to play with it and I would get bored with it <laughs> so quickly. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'd go through a few rounds of whatever, like until it was like, what, 10 tones or whatever. And then I'd be like, all right, what, what else am I going to do? Like this, this no longer looks cool. Yeah. I feel like now that I'm thinking about it, it even more than Westworld uh, sorority play this game with those thing. And they have like the black gaffers tape over the brand name on yes. the Simon game, which <laughs> is amazing. But it sort of also seems like, I think maybe your theory is right that they maybe not heroin, but that they're on drugs of some kind because the way they're acting is totally the way that I remember myself and ideally everyone else in the universe yes. when you're drunk or high and you have to pretend to an older person that you're not drunk or high. <laughs> you have that weird, like, uh-huh. like you sit up super, like everything's kind of exaggerated, but in the way that you think makes you seem sober or whatever. So like sitting up straight, like being super, like I'm explaining the game of not Simon to you. Very <laughs> crisply but my reaction time is delayed mm-hmm. but then the other impaired. girls are maybe on something else where that one girl's just on x or she's on mdma or something she's just like licking her lips and shit i'm green oh like, my god and we all want to be like ella the best actress in the sorority house and we want to get with men that are at least quote, in their 40s. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know why I think that's gross. Like, I don't. Because I in real life, I don't think that's gross. I, I do have, I have like, there, there are obvious issues with with uh, men in power taking advantage of That's what's of gross. Women, She's a student and he's totally a disgusting. teacher. 
Yes, yes, totally. But but the idea of like I just want to I would I would like to just make it clear that I don't find it gross for a 20 a 21 year old to find a 40 year old attractive or or nope. or a 50 year old attractive. That's totally fucking normal. Uh and them being hot for Jonathan par for the love course. Is love. Like he's uh, less is lust. I mean, it's just as one. long as nobody's abusing power. Correct. I mean, all relationships have a hierarchy and a power structure, right? But no, for me, what's creepy is that he's, of course, like a like a drug dealer, <laughs> but he's the faculty advisor for the sorority, yes. and so we have an imbalance there. And then there's the bizarre thing that was confusing to me, where Jonathan says, "There's Professor Atherton's little girl, Ella." <sighs> Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's like, what? When he sees her in the alley talking to Whitney. You mean? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. something made me really uncomfortable with that scene where she tries to leave and he grabs her upper arm he and grabs pulls her, her back. He grabs her upper arm. And I was like, yeah. Oh, that's so gross. I yeah. hate yeah, that. That's, really it's not weird. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that. But this, whole... it's, I, the, but it's, it's something to be noted that Jonathan is presented as, eye candy or bait or whatever right throughout this episode yep which i love the realtor like says like says yeah he's very flirty with inappropriate rose things to him mm-hmm. he's flirty with rose the they jennifer jennifer recommends that he go to the sorority and like flirt with them to get information mm-hmm. so it's kind of an interesting twist but it's uh, yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot going on. I mean, with there's that. something there with the sorority, with all the sorority girls just being draped over furniture and these sexual <laughs> things. They're just not I, I don't know. It perpetuates that the sorority girl sexuality thing, which I guess isn't a bad thing by itself, but uh, I don't know. No, for the for the yeah, I don't know. It feels there's, very male There's a lot of there's it's very male gazy, but it it's there's a lot right. of that. But I this conversation is getting me all Hot and bothered, and it's making me want oh, to no. pick your poke. <laughs> so, what? Who Ellen thought it was? Hot and bothered. That's the Rose influence. Hot and bothered. Wh- Whitney. Oh, that's my hot and bothered. <laughs> Shut, up, bothered. <laughs> Shut up, you bimbo. Shut up, you bimbo. Not great. Also. Oh, that was I. I don't know why, but I. I think the. Bimbo is one of the funniest, <laughs> it's so one of the funniest things Bimbo. you can call someone. I I just think it's so funny. <laughs> like all of its all of its negative context to me is gone. Uh, it's when just Rose humorous. says it. It's so funny. Or when Max says it to Rose. Sorry, Max says it to Rose. It's Bozo. super funny. Yeah. Like I I know that it maybe shouldn't be, but fuck it. I I thought it was really funny. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh, <laughs> This is a this is going to be an interesting one for me, but I'm I'm going to go. Wait, it's not you. You're not starting. No, I'm not. I'm not starting. But I do want to bring this up that that I had a (laughs) I had a. Oh shit! I'm sorry. I have I have a poke from the episode that's very strong. Oh. Uh, (gasps) But I was looking at the IMDb credits because I was looking up the actors, and I Mm -hmm. didn't notice someone who was actually in the episode who, if I had noticed, would have. 100% 100% been my poke. Oh, don't wreck it. Notice, don't so steal my, don't steal do my thing. But I'm, let's see if, let's see if, don't Ellen, steal my thing. You're, you go first. So. Yeah, you're up. I know that you're expecting me to say Ella Graber. Mm. Maybe, 
right? No. no. Oh, okay. I don't, I, Who were you? Because you said no. You, you, uh, Eric, you, go. you, you said you, you thought. I don't know what to expect at this point with you. Oh, your, um, your grab bag. It's the guy that's fencing with Whitney. Mm. Um, Who says it's not Heidelberg? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's whoever his his uh, sparring partner is in the first scene where they're fencing to establish that Whitney's an insane asshole. Gotcha. Yeah. He's gotcha. handsome. He was cute. Mm-hmm. He's not uh, in the IMDb credits, which is weird. He sort no, of had a little not. bit longer hair, right? Yeah. And that ruins. Yeah. Just like, just whatever. He had a really, he had that handsome androgynous face that, that is always, is always good. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like that's, I mean, and those fencing outfits. I mean, so you good. really. You I'm really a nerd to the fencing that. outfits, you guys. They look good. <laughs> they look good. Yeah, I but, like them. Yeah, I don't. I didn't really. I mean, I guess maybe second is Ella Graber. Mm. I don't know why I find that last name hard to say. <laughs> I want to say Gr- Gruber, Graber, or Gerber, yeah. or Garber. Uh, I find that last name Graber. When they said it, it was so close to my last name that I was like, "Ooh, I know, right?" <laughs> I can weird. say your last name though. Garber. 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 Uh, mine was Coach Sanford. Fuck. <laughs> You're the same one. Yeah, I knew we had the same one. What? But mine was Coach Sanford. He's so, uh, he's so cute. He. I also. Oh my god. Coach Sanford. What a bear. Is, is super cute in the thing. Um, oh, he's in the thing. He's in the thing. Oh. So yeah, oh, no, he was. Right. He's 100 my yes, book. But check this hair. out. The hair is yeah, what I remember so about that guy. In yeah. in this episode, a policeman is played by Peter Jason, who is, I think, also in the thing, and he's in many John Carpenter things, especially uh, Prince of Darkness. What I remember him from. He's so fucking. There's hot. multiple people from Prince of Darkness because um, what's his face from Simon and Simon? Whitney is in Prince of Darkness, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god! And he's so fine in Prince of Darkness. He's like so gay porn hot with that mustache. We we all like Coach. What's up? His Coach it, Sanford. Okay. No, he said. Um, I, I tried because, to. Play. I mean, I liked his sweatshirt. I mentioned yeah. that before mm-hmm. we uh, began the episode. I tried to remember. I his like name. his Braddock University sweatshirt. It's <laughs> not really the same thing as wanting to have sex with him, but I like that, and I like it's on the, the thing. And many other John Carpenter movies. Yes. So I rewatched that scene to try to figure out what his name was. Coach Sanford. mm, I don't think that's what they say because when Jonathan walks up, he says, Coach (laughs) Niffin. What I heard is N I P H. E-N, I think. I wrote it down. <laughs> what the fuck is it? Somebody better Google that up. Well, well I mean, I, I have the, it's, his name is Coach Warren Sanford. He's played by Charles Hallahan. Nifid. Nifid. <laughs> N-E-P-H-I-D is what I wrote. Coach, and I, and I wrote, Which, Coach Nifid is my poke. <laughs> we agree that it would lend credence to my sorority girl, alien Westworld, whatever yeah. thing, if, that coach's name was Coach Niffid. Coach Niffid. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Then world. it just seems like we're like veering into not exactly in alienation territory, but something, right? And, and but the hearts Coach live Warren old. Sanford, mm-hmm. that is hilarious mm-hmm. because it's like, is there just a generator like for car names where they just plug it in? They're like, what's an athletic sounding coach name? Because that's <laughs> one of them. 
That is Sanford. That's blowing my mind that that Whitney is the star of Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness is one of my favorite movies. Excuse me, of all time, like one of my favorite movies. I watch I it. I watch pick, it multiple I thought you would times pick a year. Whitney. No, Whitney was creepy. Uh, he looked he, like Mark he's Hamill. handsome. He is a very handsome yeah. man, mm-hmm. and he looked really, really good in the fencing outfit. But uh, <laughs> I don't know when I'm when I'm picking a poke. When I'm picking a poke, people, <laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> it's purely on a carnal, physical level, uh, and and I respect that. There, there are physical attributes that, though he did possess in 1986, he did not in 1980. Uh, so, is, so this him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He is. Super, yeah. No. In Prince of Darkness, he, John Carpenter so has a has a knack for casting leading men <laughs> who look like they star in the best gay porn yeah, ever. Totally. Like, like, <laughs> the, the, no, I'm aware. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm aware. All of them. <laughs> Even fucking Roddy Piper and they live. He Roddy looks Piper so oh my God, good. Roddy, Roddy he looks Piper. so good. Roddy Piper sounds like a porn name. That, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I appreciate the spectrum of your lust. I'd like to discuss the herbs and spices. Herbs. Yes. Oregano. A brawl at the end. Yes. <laughs> the brawl. Um, Max is correct by yes. my estimation. I, I He's agree. correct. He is correct. I mean, not only is a tomato a fruit because it, yes, it fucking is science. Mm-hmm. Um, but technically, yeah, oregano is an herb. I'm staring pointedly over my massive microphone here <laughs> at my Greek oregano plant. Uh-oh. And I know that it's an herb, not a herb, um, but it's an herb because it is leafy and yeah. the plant has a green stem. My my understanding, which which I will happily correct in a future episode. Oh if no! I'm wrong, Here we go. Is, is you know an, an herb is a is a leafy. It's it's yes. the leaf of a plant versus a spice, which is usually a seed yeah. that is crushed uh, or pulverized. Seed bark. Or yes. a, a pod, seed yeah. pod yeah. from a woody stem versus there you go. Yeah, a so green She was wrong about stem. oregano, but yeah. can you make oregano tea? Because wouldn't that taste like pizza Why did tea? he put oregano in the tea is what I want to know because that is, that's where Max is wrong. Yeah, I considered briefly trying to make some since I am Slayer. I was like, why would anyone think that, that was good? I love but it's kind of sweet. He's like trying to please her, right? Yeah, he is. It would be, but it was just it taste like pizza. <laughs> it would taste like pizza. <laughs> be like savory tea. Yeah, which which honestly, like that doesn't sound bad to me. See, my number one use of oregano is in Mexican recipes at home. Although I have Greek oregano, but it's I mostly okay use now. oregano for Mexican stuff, but I do use it for Italian. It's like I use it. Oregano and garlic pulverized together in a mortar and pestle. If you rub that on some lamb, mm. that's some good ass shit right there. Yeah, that sounds good. It's also really good on pork and chicken. It's actually just good. So it just is, do uh, that. Except in herb tea. Herb. Oregano. <laughs> but it is herb tea. It's not a spice. Rose, oregano sorry. tea is a real thing I'm Googling. And it's good <laughs> for uh, inflammation. And it's good for... Uh, excessive cough and bronchial problems. Uh, Is it which, good for sassy, super incorrect old <laughs> newsstand ladies? Apparently not. She loves being inflamed, so she won't drink it. Uh, 
Oh, why was um, Whitney? He was standing in front of two mirrors, so he was making like an infinity mirror. Oh, that was that was great, cool. That was just that's a shot, really great shot. That was yeah, so where they good. just did it. They were in that space with the mirror. And they're like, "That's rad, right?" Yeah. It looks cool, but is that offensive? And she comes thing? in. Like, oh, Rose, are you here to make advance payment? I'm sure I'm here to make a final payment. <laughs> uh, I'm I just, sure there are mirrors in fencing gyms, correct? To look at your form. Like, it's not to, like a like ballet class. But but wouldn't it not would you not want to see your form? Um, they have it in heart to heart, so it must be a that thing. was a really good shot. That was like the, it's I, just I really love it. Yeah, I love really it when nice. the show gets cinematic at all. Like it's always nice when they when you see yeah. that care has been taken with a shot. Yeah, well, just like that fucking I, oh, that scene in the office where the primary color outfits like really good. You can't tell me that wasn't intentional. You can't. Also, my favorite thing: the round window, the porthole window yes. in Jonathan's office. But I'd like to talk about how Max calls them in the car like he calls but the car's parked in front of professor atherton's house where they've done what i you would think they would do immediately which was not call the kind of pervy realtor but just break into the house which is what they do with everything else yeah so it's the second time that they go back to the house to figure out where the bullet went and they break into the house and then max is calling 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 because he's trying to rat rose out for taking the gun blah blah and they focus in like the camera dives into the front seat of the car as the phone's ringing. And we get to see that their car phone is the Motorola Pulsar 2. <laughs> I did not know. this. And then there's this. the weird thing where somehow Stanley Friesen knows that they're in the house. And Max calls the, yeah, the house inside Professor Atherton's and house. Again, and again, they, they go answer, to the problem. They answer someone else's phone. It. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they answer someone else's phone. But they have an explanation about how... They got the number and it's like, but why would Stanley Friesen have the number? Yeah. So Deanne Deanne seems like she might have the number if she set up the appointment with the realtor initially. It's like Deanne knew, told Stanley what they were up to while they were like having a little lunch debate. And then Max is tight with Stanley because they play poker together. So then... That's so Stanley told Max. But that. it's it's like I've been calling for ten minutes on the Motorola Pulsar too. Yeah, I also loved that Rose when she took the gun out of Jonathan's drawer. She left the drawer open and the holster and the holster. On top. You have to leave the drawer open, or Max is so busy smoking cigars while he's ironing yeah. that he doesn't <laughs> notice that you stole the gun. Yeah, because you schooled him. I'm guessing a longtime domestic worker. On how to roll up somebody's socks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then beat him at horse racing. So I like think. Rose mansplains to Max <laughs> about how to roll up socks. And I was just like, mm, call her a bimbo again. Uh, yeah. I, got the, I got the impression that Max was like, I don't want to do this. You want to do it? Please go ahead. Yeah. How are you at turning? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was, again, that, that comment made, that solidified my <laughs> thought that he was like, I can get her to do this okay. menial task for me. Okay, <laughs> ratings. Lame. Yeah, right. Let's get the ratings. Right. Oh my Ellen, begins. Ellen begins. Um, I am going to give this episode a 4.5. Mm. Yep. What did you love about this episode, Ellen? I like even the worst representations of fencing, and this certainly is nowhere near the worst representations of fencing. The performances, for the most part, are either hilariously crazy or genuinely amazing it's just complicated enough to be super fun 
Like it's kind of kind of a ride, which I like. Mm-hmm. Also, the newsstand thing, which I had forgotten about until this rewatch. I used to just love a newsstand. It makes me think of my dad and my childhood. Yeah. So I love the newsstand. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't really enjoy this episode. I think it's one of the the better heart to heart episodes overall, in the sense that it just has all the elements that make a really solid hour long mm-hmm. episode. So mm-hmm. four point five. I mean, yeah. Why am I not giving it a five? I don't know. Four point five. So I uh, I loved this episode. Like when we were watching it last night, I I was reinvigorated to mm-hmm. watch Heart to Heart. Mm-hmm. I did. I said to myself multiple times, "This is a very fluffy, easy episode. Like this is just easy." the The plot made sense to me. There wasn't high, super high stakes. The humor in it was was great, like especially Max and Rose, how mm-hmm. I've said multiple fucking times. There was almost no freeway. No, the, yeah, uh, that's a problem. But it's cute sitting on Jonathan's lap scene. But at the end of the episode, I really, I was really thinking, like, what makes this not a five? Uh, what is the element of it that makes it not a five? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't think of one, so it's five. Oh wow! Ah, giving this yeah, one a five. I don't. I think it's I don't a, know why I'm holding back. I I I can't wait to watch this episode again. Um, everyone was everyone in the episode was very attractive. Uh, <laughs> no, really, like everyone was attractive. The music was great. The, I cracked up. Deanne when, and Stanley are back. Deanne yes. and Stanley love that. The the clothes were good. The there was some cinematic elements. Rose, uh, Jeanette Nolan, phenomenal performance. Like sword fight, amazing performance. The sword fight may have been the thing that I was like, this is what's giving me (laughs) pause, but you know what? I don't care. So five. Wow. Okay. I definitely felt the same way. felt reinvigorated in watching the series for sure. With this episode, it felt like it, it was a good pace. It kept going. Rose is lovely. She's so fun to watch. Uh, her interactions with everybody with Jonathan, the flirtiness Mm -hmm. is so great. Jonathan and Jennifer are, it's funny because they are so solid in this episode, but they kind of in the the last episode too, it's like they take a back seat to what other things are happening and you just know who they are. They're like the baseline for the episode. Mm -hmm. Whereas before at the beginning of the season, we were finding out who they were a little bit more, but now that we know who they are, they're so solid. We can just, they just are who they are. They're great in every episode. They're so fun to watch, but you don't really focus on them very much. It's really, it's kind of funny to me how they're, yeah, they've they're, shifted to the background. They're a little bit. slightly secondary, even though yeah. they, they propel the story. Yeah, they're totally. Not the, they're not who you're watching. No, you're watching Rose, you're watching Max and you're watching Whitney and Ella. Um, and coach I guess Sanford. they're just like, they're our baseline. Yeah. Coach Sanford, <laughs> coach Neffed. <laughs> but, I'm going to go four hearts because this villain was not my favorite. Like I said, in my rewrite corner, I think it's just his motivation was very strange and weird and just not thought through, I think, and just kind of confusing. What I did really like about the episode too, though, was that we knew who the villain was right off the bat, which is fine, but there was still a mystery because you think, did Rose kill that guy or did you not? And you don't find out until Mm -hmm. the last third, last quarter of the episode that she was actually innocent, which I thought, I mean, you kind I guess you could, if you thought that through, you could kind of know that she was. 
but I, I don't thought, know actually. I, she, I didn't know. I thought she killed him. I thought she the, maybe killed him, the, and, like the whole time. And but and he was, was going to totally be a villain. Like, I don't care. Like I'm, I'm on your side, Rose. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I love that element of mystery that they're still solving, and that the viewer is also along for the ride on. But they still got the villain out there right off the bat. So, yeah, uh, yeah four four hearts. Just it's just not a five. I don't know. It's just the villain. I think is what's bringing it down a heart for me. I, I, that's, I was, I was really struggling to not make this a five because I was like, yeah. it's not the best. Like it's not as good as cop out. Mm-mm. It's not, Mm-mm. uh, it's not as good as you made me kill you. It's not, but you're saying it is. Well, because <laughs> I, rating says it is well, so. because I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was so it. good. Yeah. And I actually like that the villain was like, just an asshole villain like he was <laughs> like there was nothing redeemable about like we love yeah. peggy i think that's the thing i think it's that i you origi- feel for peggy i was originally like i don't like the villain so i don't necessarily like this episode as much like that would knock a point off for me mm-hmm. but th- talking about it with you guys and like like thinking about it still i'm like yeah I like that there was just a fucking villain villain who who when when asked about his best friend's death says so. Yeah. Like <laughs> so that's kind of badass. Like I didn't like Well, that. but isn't there sort of and this just may be based on the way they look and this the moment uh the zeitgeist of this shades of Cobra Kai with the coach and the mm-hmm. blonde <laughs> Like the inexplicably bad yeah. kid. It's yeah. like, oh, it's uh, who's named Whitney. Like Whitney. <laughs> if his name was Chaz, yeah. it would have made more, more sense. But right, but yeah. there's just sort of that funny thing for me where I'm like, oh, that's such a like those. Those are just um, whether it was central casting's fault or just mm-hmm. them the moment in time. But I'm just like, oh, when I see those characters, I'm like. I know they're bad. Those are the jerk faces. I've been uh, Mm -hmm. brought up to believe that that's what uh, bad jerks look like in a lot of these episodes, right? It's like, there's the blonde guy. And then, but the coach, Coach Sanford isn't bad. No. But he just happens to have a similar look to the (laughs) guy from Karate Kid. I thought he was going to end up being bad, though. I thought he was. Right? And you know why? Karate Kid. Karate Kid. Cobra Kai. But also the coach. The coach is always behind the scenes. Yeah, Right? Little sweet face. Uh (laughs) It's a mysterious Professor Atherton. (laughs) That's 13.5. That is a heart attack. That's a certified heart attack. It is also our second highest rated episode. Um, Awesome. Passport to Murder being directly underneath that at 13. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ellen, what are we doing next? My name is Aguirre. Aguirre. (laughs) Aguirre. Uh, Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) Uh, Oh, this is good. Ellen's cracking up. I love uh, it. Uh-oh. I'm just excited. Uh, originally airing on January 22nd, 1980. Next week, we're going to talk about night horrors. Yes. It's time. Night horrors. It's happening. Um, the hearts are invited to a unique offbeat party involving a treasure hunt at a haunted house. When another guest is murdered, the hearts race against time to find the murderer before someone else becomes a victim. 
Ooh. Fuck yes. That sounds awesome. Oh my God, I can't wait. That's going to be amazing. Yes, a lot of, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. I can't wait. Yes. That is going to be so good. That sounds amazing. So ready for it. Uh-huh. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, continue to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. It was murder pod. Send us emails at, uh, it was murder pod at gmail.com. Uh, Fran, I got your email. Uh, uh, well, I got your message on Instagram. I didn't get your email though. Uh, but, uh, thanks. Thanks for writing. Send the email again. Maybe. Uh, (laughs) uh, and to, to our friend who was hardly in this episode, which I should have docked at least have a heart for, but I'm not going to change my rating. Good night, freeway. Good night, freeway. Good night, freeway.